Good evening, Patriots. And it is Saturday, April 16th in the year 2022. If you're on the East Coast, oh, you're already on Easter Day, Easter Sunday if you're on the East Coast. Well, happy early Easter Sunday. So there you go. Patriots, it's a beautiful weekend, a weekend that we're going to celebrate, obviously, in our hearts with the rise of Jesus and a lot to consider as well with all that went on many years ago. But in the meantime, we also have to deal with the mega stupid that's going on in our world today. Something really to think about. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting your good night's sleep. In fact, an exceptional night's sleep is what you need. And the way to get that is to have a great pillow and great sheets. Things like Giza cotton sheets and things like a super duper MyPillow classic. And where do you think you can get those things? You can get them over at MyPillow.com. In fact, if you go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, you're going to find a great page, which is for Bards Nation, with all the latest featured sales. All sorts of great discounts and great products. Giza cotton sheets down as low as 60% off. MyPillow classic down as low as 19.98. You can't beat that. All with using your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, Bards. And right now, if you are... Using your promo code BARGE, you're also going to cut a copy of Mike Lindell's book, his story of how he went from addict to be one of the country's great patriots and CEOs. And hint on that story, the, the lead character on that is Jesus. So, patriots, head on over to MyPillow.com. It's not a better time to get these supplies. And, and I'm very serious when I say I've used these products, and they have truly made a difference in my sleep and for a guy that doesn't get a lot of sleep, I value every hour I get, and these do make a difference. I couldn't imagine any more living without them. So stock up. It's a good time to do it. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. You can use that promo code anywhere on the MyPillow site, the FrankSpeech.com site, and the MyStore site. And if you want to speak to a Patriot Pillow counselor, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939 to talk to a real person who will hook you up with all the products you need to get a great night's sleep. And you, again, just use your promo code BARDS. So I want to play a piece here for you. Make sure you, I want you to listen to this. Don't jump to any judgments before it's over. But it's a really interesting little snapshot on Easter and how the devils try to snag the narrative. Check this out. We need to talk about Easter. Easter! Do you realize that bunnies and eggs have more to do with the Starbucks logo than Jesus? The spring holiday we call Easter is actually an ancient Babylonian, then pagan, sex and fertility celebration. See, the goddess of sex and fertility, known as Lilith or Inanna or Ishtar, has been known by a bunch of different names over the millennia. Ostara, Eoster, Columbia, and even Atar Gaddis. And Atar Gaddis is the first mermaid, and to show that she's the goddess of sex, the original Starbucks logo showed her with her legs spread. Next level. What else do we see? She's got a spiked crown and a five-pointed star. Spiked crown? Five-pointed star, which is also Venus. Like Venus, the Roman goddess of sex and fertility. You seeing a theme here? Venus is also the morning star. Morning star. Just like Lucifer is the morning star. And Lucifer, or Venus, is personified as a male figure bearing a torch. Statue of Liberty. Venus is also known as the Eastern Star. East Star. So we've come a long way going from the bunny rabbits to the East Star. The question is, what do they have to do with Jesus? Nothing. Jesus of Nazareth died on the Passover. This is well documented historically. And the devil couldn't change what happened that day. So all he could do is change the narrative. See, here's the whole deal. is Everything we're dealing with is a narrative war. Everything is about perception and the narrative, turning things upside down. But here's the best part. When we're following Jesus, everything gets turned right side up. We're just straight clear on the path. There is no messing with that stuff. So this is, this is really the key piece here to all of this is where do we put our focus, our faith, our walk, our breath, our step? I, I could ask for the raising of hands, and I think everyone would answer the same thing. Jesus, pretty simple. Class dismissed. No, just kidding. Back. It's awesome. That's really just. It's really just that simple. And it's. It is literally where we all have to be. And when we walk that way, what a powerful walk we're on. But there's some crazy stuff going on in our world, and our world is about creating falsities and false everything. Take a listen to this piece about money. This is really interesting. What's the difference between a 90-year-old dollar bill 
in a modern day dollar bill. Do you notice anything? Old dollar bills were called silver certificates, established in 1887. These were one dollar in silver payable on demand of the bear. So the dollar got its name because a dollar was a weight in silver. However, from about 1913, the creation of the Federal Reserve, to around 1963 with Richard Nixon, it was systematically detached from a fixed unit, and now what you have are Federal Reserve notes. All the redeemability tax was removed, and this was added legal tender for all debts, public and private. So this is fiat currency, fiat meaning by decree. Or in other words, it has value because the government says it has value, and we know that America's got the biggest guns, so that's kind of why it's also still the ruling currency. Now the problem with this system is that silver, gold, it must be mined physically, refined, and then minted. Whereas a dollar bill, it can be printed into infinity. Inflation is supposed to be at around 2%, but it's not. Even this year, it's estimated between 6 and 10%. So you have dollars in your savings account, it's gonna buy you 6 to 10% less next year. And by the way, even in 1965, the coinage act, the second one, they removed silver and copper from our coins. Now they're made of zinc. So it's kind of this long systematic debasement. And what happens with this is that the rich end up benefiting from this system because they know how to utilize debt. Um, they don't pay taxes because of it and they invest in stocks or mutual funds which outpace inflation. Whereas the average person who has their savings account in dollars just ends up getting robbed of their hard work and their, their, their labor, you know. And by the way, dollars are also loaned with interest. So these also are really units of debt, receipts of debt. And there doesn't even exist enough dollars in circulation to pay off the debt on the original loan. Yeah, we call that Babylon. Babylonian money magic right there is what that is. And that's how the entire system right now is constructed. And it's the entire system that's being shaken right now. We literally need some flipping of tables, and, and it's starting to happen, and it's going to happen through us. That's the biggest thing. We're the most powerful agent of change right now, and as long and I truly mean this, as long as we keep our focus and our walk with Jesus, we're going to shake this world up in a big way, but we're going to have to really pay attention to a lot of the things that are going on and also keep an attention on where we need to walk. Now, today I spent my day, like I am now spending every Saturday, up at Helios Farms, which I mentioned last weekend. And what I'm doing is I'm putting myself through a training with Kira, who's one of the owners of Helios Farms, who is a butcher, and she's teaching me all the art of butchery, which is quite amazing, by the way. So today we did four lambs and we did a, a half a pig. And so why I'm bringing this up, because when you're there, I mean, I literally like my phone's in the Jeep and it's off. There's no interruptions whatsoever from the digital world. And it's truly a getting back to the fundamentals of what is critical and important in our world. We cannot survive without food and we cannot survive without water. And our health is central onto the piece of food and water, as is our spiritual health center onto the piece of food and water. Now, we have become very accustomed to getting all of our necessities from the grocery store, or from some form of that. And it's a piece that we have to start looking at is how all of this is starting to fall apart. And in my opinion, what's why it's happening, there's really quite a God thing going on right now. And it's pretty amazing. When we look across the landscape, we see that our farmland in the Midwest is completely depleted of soil. 30% of it anyway has lost its topsoil. The majority of the farmland anymore can only sustain crops if it has genetically modified seeds in inputs to like fertilizer, which is based on potash and, and urea, all derivatives of some form of petrochemical. It needs high inputs of herbicide and even some of the new genetically modified grains and seeds are causing the plants to 
emit or to exude a poison that will kill the bugs, which means it's also something that's going to go into you. So this is a pretty draconian place that we're in. These, the nutritional value of these plants has declined, and that's becoming the sustenance for most of the world, which is all about depleting the human body, this perfection that God created. Now, the thing to keep in mind is if we were easy to kill or easy to destroy, they would have done it a long time ago. But they've been doing this incrementally and trying to wear us down and try to get us to a point. So if you look back historically, about the same time that the Fed got started, which is about 1913, everything was about continually creating some sort of indebtedness. So not only from the money, but our lives, our food, everything was to create depletions in our world to drain us down, to wear us down, to where now it took them about 107 years, roughly, 110, to get to the point where they could launch this bioweapon and to do so at a level where they could literally bring the injection into the body to then modify the DNA and once again degrade us to a new level to where people that took the injection become dependent permanently on their system. That's kind of the whole objective. And on top of that, whether you agree with Dr. Artis' research, which is the venom base, or whether you talk about the concepts of nanotech and and, um, all the other components that go in that vax, like the graphene oxide, the effect is the same. The spike proteins are going into the, are wrapped with nanolipid gel, are moving through every cell in the body within about 15 minutes, and over a very short period of time, the mRNA is rewriting the DNA, so the DNA becomes permanently rewritten, which is essentially placing a seed within each person's body to genetically alter them. So that's Satan's seed. And this is kind of the dark reality of where we are. So we have a group, people who have taken the injection, have accepted a contract with Lucifer himself effectively and done so with their free will to have their genetics altered, which was your God-given genetics, and to weaken the body so that people become permanently dependent in one form or another on a system that has always been about indebtedness and enslavement, everything opposite of the Bible, just like the way they play out the egg deal and the Easter bunny on Easter. Everything becomes a, a narrative change and in this case, with the medical piece, a physiological change that takes you opposite of where God wants you to be. Everything about our system is designed that way. So the real question is, what are we trying to achieve? And where are we trying to go? Now, on this day and on this weekend, I, have, I, I look on Easter very differently than many. I, don't, I do not walk into Friday and I never say happy Happy Good Friday, because I think it's a misnomer. I think that we don't spend enough time reflecting on the issues that happened through this weekend. Celebrating Christ rising on Sunday is one thing, but up until this point, there is a tremendous, tremendous torture that goes on through this entire process. The arrest of Christ, the the, the mocked, well, the rigged trial system, which is the same as today, by the way. And the complete kangaroo court system that eventually leads to his crucifixion and the absolute brutal, brutal torture of Christ. And with that, we see this unbelievable strength of God's son to endure this as everybody steps away, denies him, and turns their back on him. We are in a very critical time in our world that's going to require people to have an unbelievable amount of strength to get to the next level. And that strength is going to require us to get back to the fundamentals of what God gave us. To literally proclaim what Luke 10.19 has said, red letter language, behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Those words aren't said in metaphor. They're not said in some sort of twist of things. They're said before Christ is crucified. They're red-letter language. They are facts of what he said. 
we have dominion. And in this process that we are in, we are going to have to start facing what dominion looks like. Part of that dominion means we have to be strong in such a way as to never bow and never be in a place where we don't have the strength or the will to stand. And that should be a very heavy memory that we all carry on this weekend for all that walked away. This time that we're in right now is a critical time that we need to start leading into a new direction. Now, the amazing thing about what this, this every Saturday now for me is, is that it's fundamentally just back to basics. It's outside of a few things that are modern, like electricity. The techniques and the methods that are being taught are ancient. You're you're dealing with the most fundamental thing. You're slaughtering an animal and doing it humanely and you're providing food. And at the center of everything we have to do is to get back to that fundamental place of providing food and knowing how to do it. This is just a fundamental skill that by design we've been removed away from. And in that process, we've been separated from the cycle of life. Our whole concept now has to be resetting the land, we, bringing back the strength of what we have and what God gave us, which was in sovereignty, not for us to subjugate it and give it away to banks and the contract it out to our debt, but to reclaim the true sovereign sense of the land. And that's a long process and a lot of things that I can tell you are happening in a, for, exam, for examples to show others And it's a process that's going to require each and every one of us to start looking at our world very differently. But going through the same system is going to lead us to the same traps. Most of what we face in this time is contractual. And it's a contractual spinning of words and tricks. And it's just as with Christ walking with Lucifer himself, when he did and was tempted, Christ never accepted the temptation. We have accepted many of the temptations, and those temptations take many forms. They take forms of our agreement to use debt and a credit card. They take forms in our agreement to use debt in how we buy things. We, they take forms in, in how we accept money in debt. Everything is about an indebted process, which ties us to a contractual agreement, which ultimately takes us to another world, away from what God intended. And part of this walk that we have to do is to break that cycle. And fundamentally, it gets back to the center point of where our world spins around or should circle around. And that's fundamentally sowing seeds. Never before has it been more so important to literally bring people to the understanding of what the power of Christ can do to heal. And it's healing all aspects of our world. Those that took the vax, the answer to healing is very simple. And I don't care whether you've been in a pew or you're not, not ever been part of a church. If you've taken the vax, there is a piece again that you're going to have to start. You have to repent to get back. I believe that full heartedly because it was a choice that was made to step off the path and to accept a contract which took people away from the truth and the foundation of trust and faith in God. So this is a time in this weekend that I think a lot of these heavy thoughts have to be dealt with as we consider the power and the magnitude of what was given to us. Christ suffered miserably, and yet he did so willingly for us to be free from sin. But that didn't give us a contract to give up our rights, to sell our soul, to pass off what God gave us to walk to the other side and say, I will trust in an injection more than I entrust in God. And it also doesn't give us the right to continue down a process to continue a lifestyle that continues to feed into this world of dependency and welfare state mentality of a, of a corporate welfare state when we know that our proper role is to reclaim our position as sovereign accountable, and 
in, involved in maintaining our lives free from the dependency on a corporate architecture of a system. Each one of us has a responsibility, my opinion, but I'll speak boldly about it. I, tr- I believe fully that each one of us has a responsibility, a responsibility to live into that sacrifice that Christ made in bold ways. And part of those bold ways is for us to be bold enough and strong enough to say we are going to step off of the path that we're on and get back to the fundamentals that, don't, uh, that take us away from the dependency. When I'm sitting up there today cutting up a lamb and working and being trained by, by Kira of how to literally butcher a half a pig, and it's, it's very cathartic, I will tell you, as you're moving through and, and your, your knife is moving and your knife is cutting through the flesh and you're thinking about all that God has provided. And God has provided everything that we need in a well-raised animal, in a well-groomed environment, in an environment where all the food comes from the land. There's no chemicals. There's, there's no inputs other than what God provides. And when you think about this process on the power of the bodies that God gave us, they're beautiful temples. They're immaculate, perfect temples that simply need the right fuel. Life doesn't really get more complicated than that, other than the fact that we like to make it a lot more complicated because we like all these other things and the shiny silver objects that bedazzle us. But when we start to get back to the fundamental basics and we start to do things again by hand, and we start to reclaim the old skills and put ourselves back towards the land, we regain more than just sovereignty. We regain a connection to the root and the core of where God placed us in this earth. For me, there's no greater way to spend an Easter Sunday than in the process of that cycle. And it's not running around trying to emulate Something like, you know, egg hunts, which if you're if you do it, that's your call. But I'm going to say that it, it's it's a silliness that we step away from to have a kind of fake celebration on something that is truly deep and should shake us and move us in deep, deep ways for all that is, was given on in this period of time as a reminder to have how much we have left to do. This world is going through a tremendous shift, and that shift is going to take us many places. Food is going to become the centerpiece of the great leveler, is what I'm referring to. it. There's reports coming out today that while we have certain shipments of grain that are being delayed by rail, now there's shipments of fertilizer that are being delayed by rail, right in the heat of the planting season. The commercial structure, the big, large agriculture is completely out of our control. And yet if we take a step back and really look at what's happening here, it's almost as if God is pushing us in a direction and a choice once again. There are 70 million acres in this country of lawn, toxic lawn that can be converted to gardens. We can control our home spaces. We have no way of controlling the hundred thousands of acres and the millions of acres that are under control of corporate agriculture. That's something that is done. It's done in a particular way to maximize a production of a low nutritious food, simply to feed people, to keep them at sustenance level, but weaken their system over time. So they are willfully compliant to the systems, which this slave architecture offers and provides. It's not about feeding. It's about sustaining at a minimal level so that people don't become riotous and they don't become out of control as they slowly go through a process of culling out the weak and wearing down the mass. That's not what God's vision of this world was. And it sure as heck isn't what Christ died on the cross for. We are in a place of choice. We're in the valley of decision. We can make a choice now which way we want to go, each and every one of us. And it's more than a choice. It's a true commitment to a direction that we want to walk, which takes enormous amount of work. 
It takes hours of our time that where we don't think we have more time, we have to find it. And this burden, if you will, that is placed upon us is such that has to happen in a way that we have to make that choice to break away and go that way. Or we aren't going to find a true break in freedom. We're just going to recycle just like another cycle on our dishwasher. I mentioned this last weekend and I saw it again today and it just always impresses me because there's a couple of families that are up on the farm with Kira and Theo at Helios Farms. And there's two young girls. Their families, their family, their parents came from Canada to seek asylum, which they're not going to get, unfortunately, to get away from the tyranny up there. They settled on the farm to teach their children in the last six months a process, a way of life. It's been their education. And these girls are bright. They're, they observe, and they're about six and nine years old, roughly. And they observe every single thing that goes on. They're part of the animal slaughters. They're part of the milking of the cows. They're part of taking care of the chickens. They're actively involved. And their parents encourage it. And you see a grounded young a grounded young child of God. And so today they did something really amazing. For this Sunday, they built a cross and they built a crown of thorns. And they went through the process of carrying that on the property, the young girls did, and a process of experiencing the, the crown of thorns. And it really just took me back because it's not something I think that many people have done. We've not appreciated the suffering that has been done, that Christ went through. And we haven't appreciated the physical objects. We talk about it. We can. But have we ever really experienced it? And the answer is no. I, mean, I used to timber frame as part of my job. I had, my, I had a small construction company. And some of the things I did was timber framing. And I just, I can tell you that when you're lifting these timbers, timbers the size and bigger of what Christ had to carry, they're, they are heavy. And as you start to move that around and feel the awkwardness, just that alone, not even counting on the flailing of his whole back, laying it open almost down to, the, all the way down to the bone, in fact. You realize the amazing amount of strength that this man had, God's son had to endure this. But remember, he walked as human. So it's, it's back to this thing that I've said many times, which is the poor portrayal of Christ. Because it's, there's this kind of this new agey hippie look that comes out. And even worse, some of the new rewrites in some of these progressive churches are, are doing kind of just that. This is a man that was a carpenter. This was a man that built things with his hands, but it wasn't a carpenter of today where you pick up your finished materials and you take them to the job site and bang them together. It's the carpenter of old. One of the reasons I got into timber framing, because you have to hew your lumber. You have to cut your joints you have to make things fit. It's big timbers. And it has to be precise because you don't get a second chance. You don't get to run to Home Depot and pick up another couple two-by-fours because you missed cut a couple. And you don't get to unscrew or pull out the nails on something you miss nail because once you cut a joint, that's it. You got one shot at it. Otherwise, you ruin the whole timber. And timber is like these, no matter where you are, no matter what time you live, is still a high-valued commodity. You don't want to waste it. So when we, you look at Christ and the fact that not only was he making his own timbers, because that's what carpenters did, cutting from raw, from raw material to shape the lumber, you have to then look at the type of lumber that he was involved with. Some of the native trees are acacia, and myrtle wood, heavily dense wood, hard to cut. And so when you think about how much that took to work and shape that type of lumber, 
and the hours spent, you start to see a man that is massively strong, sinewy, powerful in his grip, mighty in his strength. Which now takes us to flipping the tables. Because when he came into the courtyard and he flipped the tables, those tables aren't like the plastic tables of Walmart. These are made of timber of some fashion. That's a heavy table. And to flip it takes a tremendous amount of strength. We see a powerful, strong man that they tried to break in every aspect. And yet he persevered. That to me is the greater message on this whole weekend is the commitment to trust in him so much that no matter what we face, we never quake, we never bow, we never bend. We will persevere. We will overcome. And it's not simply saying that he sacrificed for us so we could get away with our sins, or give, we would have no sins, and that we will have life ever after. There's something we have to give into this. And that commitment is that commitment to not let it happen again, that we fall to a place where we deny or bow to another. That type of strength is deep. And Christ offers us that in an intimate relationship with him to never, ever quake in fear, to know that he's there with us. And again, it takes us back full circle. We have become a world where Things have become convenient. And I like to say that the death of society is convenience. Because everything, if you listen to what they offer, the deep state offers, it's always about making life easier. That's not a promise God made. That's a promise they make. In fact, it's quite the opposite because the narrow path is the difficult path. But it's the path to life. So as we get ourselves back to those fundamentals, the basics the tending to our food, making sure that we know how to do the things, to build things, to fix things, to use our hands, to reclaim older skills before we start racing forward, to go back, to go forward. We're reconnecting with the core of who we were. All of this technology that I see, all of these offerings that I see are right out of the playbooks of the fallen. In fact, if you read the book of Enoch, it just reminds you of everything that's in there, of what's there and what we're dealing with now. I don't know that we were ever intended to be a technology people. It sounds good, but there's not really any major promises that it has delivered that would be in alignment with what God would want for us. And yet, if we really nurture the power that God put within us, Luke 10.19, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Or again, John 14.12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Powerful words. Words given to us by Christ that tell us what we are and what we're capable of. But it doesn't say in there that we're going to get there through a digital appliance. It doesn't say that we're going to get there through an auto, automatically driving car. It doesn't say that we're going to get there through an artificial intelligence that monitors us. It doesn't say that we're going to get there by some gadget that somebody invents to make life easier. Because all of what all these technologies do, in my opinion, is they just mimic what God put within us. We just haven't nurtured it enough. So when we get back to the very core of who we are and we spend the time to touch the world again, to be back into those places of recapturing the techniques of old, of taking responsibility for what we should be holding dear, That idea that, to be frank, the Amish do a pretty good job at. The idea of working together as communities to build a home together for somebody. What they would call maybe a barn raising. To come together in communities where communities are are all working together to ensure that there's food for that community. 
to take the responsibility to start making your own things, the furniture, the clothing, all of these things become full cycle. You're not relying on whether you're going to find something to fit or not at the Emporium or wherever you shop, Gap, Kohl's, whatever that is, because they happen to change the last on the last of sizing and it's now coming out of China instead of coming out of America. So you have to find these odd sizes that never fit you. No, instead you're making it yourself. When we start to get back to the principles of us taking pride in what we make and what we create, we start to realize that it isn't us at all, that it's God working through us. And that leads us down to the ultimate picture of all of this. What has happened in all of this little trick, just like happened with this narrative about that I played earlier about Easter and Starbucks and the eggs? Satan put a layer in between the idea of the Passover and translated it so it became Easter. That was that nice little narrative translation. In all of this world, there's been a great overlay that in one way or another, we've all been duped by. And that is that we somehow are acquiring the wealth and the things that we have. Everything we have, everything comes from God. And it is God's. It's not ours. We're just the stewards. And when we take that step and finally realize and accept that there's nothing that we can do other than what God wants us to do, and that everything that we're gifted is all his for us to steward, now think of the revolution that just happened across this world. And now you think about all the stuff we don't need. Get rid of that. You get down to the stuff you do need. And then suddenly what you have is pretty minimal and what you have beyond that becomes the excess to help build, rebuild the world. Fundamentally, we get down to the principal issue that God gives us all. We steward what we need to and we claim authority over all the power of the enemy. And in so doing, we do occupy the land and we do expand the kingdom. We've been fighting behind enemy lines, and it's time for us to break out and take the high ground. The enemy seems to think that they have us. They've surrounded us. They have the narrative control, and that's just it. No, they don't, because they haven't given us anything but lies. God has always given us the truth. Jesus has provided everything we need to return to the kingdom. We have it all. The question is, Are we courageous enough to truly take that step, to hand the keys all over to God and say, no matter what the cost, no matter where you take me, I trust in you. And it's that simple. There's a lot of shakeup that happens when we go there, but it's always shakeup for the better because it's where God intends us to be. So on this weekend, a beautiful weekend, I just encourage us all to take some pause, to dig deep into that question of trust and to let go of all the expectations that we somehow control anything. Turn it over to God, trust in him and ask for him to lead us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and Jesus just so humbled that you walk with us. And just, Jesus, just to think of this time where we are today and how far, literally, we have walked away from where we were. Isaiah 53, 6, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the inequity of us all to fall on him. Jesus, forgive us for this path that we have stumbled into and walked so far away, but hear us as we open our hearts and seek the repentance to return to that true path, that narrow path, back to you and through you. There are so many deceptions and lures and enticements that surround us, but as we settle on that pure, unwavering trust in you, 
we find ourselves in such beautiful place. And it's all thanks to the sacrifices that were made for us. We're humbled, we're grateful, and truly we just seek that purity and that in heart and that strength that only you can provide. Guide us in these times. Lead us, lift us. Know that our hearts are true. Know that we're deeply humbled. That we know truly this path will require the most ultimate of trusts and intimacy in relationship than we've ever imagined. So on this weekend, hear the recommitment to that path, no matter where we are, to dig deeper, to reach farther, and to trust in you more than ever before. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's really a beautiful world. I take a drive, and I took yet another detour. By virtue of taking back roads into my county that I have grew up in, it's beautiful to step away and just drive through the farmland, and there's a lot in my county. And it's reassuring to know that there's so much, in fact, that there's really a pretty solid feeling that we're going to be able to feed everybody here. That's the way every county needs to be. It's the way every community needs to seek to be. And it's not going to be an easy transition to go from the corporate model to the local model. But that's what we have to do. We have to break from the beast. We have to break from the matrix. And we have to go back to go forward. And each and every one of us that tends to our garden, both spiritually and physically, becomes a part of that fantastic transition to literally start reclaiming the fundamentals and the balance of what God intended. And then as we reread the parables and the parables, so many of which are related to agriculture, it's stunning how much more meaning they begin to have. And I think that's part of the great gift that's before us right now. This walk is not a hard one unless we make it so. This great awakening is incredible if we choose it to be so through Jesus. But if we're going to carry the burdens on ourselves, it's going to get pretty heavy. And every time we do and we start to feel that weight, we need to take a pause. And we all do it. We need to take a pause. And just take a step back, turn into prayer, and ask for clarity. And pretty soon, we're going to find that the more we do that, the less this world touches us, and the farther we walk away from it, and the closer we walk into God. That's a pretty good deal right there. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. What a beautiful weekend to have a lot of great prayers. Prayers for the the rekindling of the deepest trust we could ever have in God. God is with us. He's never going to forsake us. And in the end, God wins. But we're here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I hope you have a very, very blessed Easter Sunday. I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. For something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. We're on the edge of a moment, but not a viaduct. Now we're diving in. The light up ahead. We're running to it. We're on the edge. Now we're diving in.
sun sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith when your soul answers calls far away. Thank you. 